There Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. So, I usually don't do a Friday show, but this time it's something special because we have a lot of victories and a lot of other stuff going on. So, yeah. We are brought to you by the wonderful people at Tufts. Tufts offers three-second processing times and lower fees than credit cards. Check them out at Tufts.com. A Tufts.network, sorry. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. All right, and we are also brought to you by Black Swan Tactical. Black Swan Tactical is my t-shirt company. Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear with shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more. There's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. And remember, if you like the work I do and you like my investigative journalism, you can help us out by uh, going to patreon.com slash John Crump. Uh, with that said, I'm going to bring on the man of the hour that's going to help me through the show and decipher everything going on in the world. He was on a couple shows ago, but we didn't have too good of a connection, so I wanted to have him back. His name is Luis Valdez, or Luis Valdez. I call him Luis Juan Valdez. Because, you know, that's the way I roll. Uh, he is the state director for the state of Florida for Gun Owners of America, your only no-compromise gun lobby in D.C. So let's bring him on. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Lewis, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing good. It is currently sunny and 92 degrees here in Florida. It's how are you like, doing up there? Good. It's like 80 degrees here, so... It's not bad. It's it's not bad. It's pretty warm up here. I like it. So we're doing it a little bit early than we usually do. So I'm not sure how many viewers we're going to get, but a lot of people are going to watch it on the replay because people get so in tune to when you do a, you know, your show. Yep. You know, and why is my headphones all jacked up? Hold on. I don't know why your headphones are all jacked up. That's your problem, not mine. I have no idea. There's just a buzz in it, and I don't know why. It, it's the uh, NSA tapping you. Most likely, we just turn this all down. Yeah, most likely it's NSA. <laughs> what, what, what can I say? Um, I'm, I'm a popular guy. <laughs> yep, that you are. That you are. 
So, of course, you've heard the big news. Because I, I, I know you've been spreading it yourself. I've heard the big news, and there's even other big news today. Down so, what's the other? What, what's the other news? Enlighten me. You want to go for the? You want to go for the good news first, or the bad news first? Let's do the bad news. Let's always get the bad out of the way first, so we can get jump into the good. All right, I'm gonna bring it up right here. Hi, Mister Effin. FNH and hi, Swamp Dog Armory Cody. All right, I'm gonna bring it up. It's on my other screen, but let me so let me just uh, do this. Here is my story. Bam! The ATF early today. Yes, gorillas and guns. Yes, yes, I'm early. The ATF is pondering changing the definition of a firearm and they had 60 people from the industry including polymer 80 um and sssf and a bunch of other play people on a call to go ahead and state the concerns while this was going on i was in it i'm gonna tell a story how this happened i was at the dentist um because i like to keep my teeth in good working order the CEO of MLN writes me and goes, "Hey, hey, what the hell's going on with this?" So I was like, uh, "I was like, I don't know. Let me let me go look it up." So I started doing some research, and I went down this damn rabbit hole. First, it was like, "Hey, what is this meeting about?" The Wall Street Journal said, "You know, oh, they're having a meeting." Blah blah blah. What I have I have found out by going down my rabbit hole and contacting sources that I have in the ATF. The ATF, uh, basically, I got a e- leaked email. I always get leaked emails. ATF hates me. The email states, as you know, under current regulation, 27 CFR 478.11, the definition of a firearm frame receiver states that, you know what, I'm really glad I have my glasses now. This used to be really hard, and uh, I, it's just so easy now with my new glasses. States that it is that part of a firearm which provides housing for a hammer, bolt, or breech block, and firing mechanism, and which is usually threaded at the forward position to receive a barrel. The email goes on to state that frames and receivers do not meet this definition. The meeting was to solicit input and feedback on the new definition to include all current firearm frames and on the market. All right. So, so to break it down into plain English, basically they're looking at the European standard. No, well, kind of. Yeah, maybe. Because it's, I know, I know, in some European countries, like in Germany, for instance, or Austria specifically, like if you look at a Glock. The Glock frame was never considered the firearm under Austrian law. It was the slide and the barrel because that was the point, the area that bingo the, the cartridge and the explosion. Bingo. Being detonated. So they are looking at the European standard. Yeah, they are. So basically, that they want they and here here's the thing, right? If you if you look at uh, California California versus the ATF. Basically, the standard that that moms demand action and every town say, oh, this should be the standard. Basically, that's the standard that they're proposing. Uh, today was the dog and pony show. Uh, 
the everything was already written and they uh and they already decided um but they did this dog and pony show so they can say hey we we did it so the slide would be the part uh the reason is 80 percent they want to get rid of 80 percent or unfinished firearm frames of course they do that's that's always been the goal the the, the goal that the gun grabbers have always had is to through legal means, through not legal in terms of it being legal under the Constitution, but through judicial means of changing the definition of laws, is to go after people and their ability to make firearms. That that's been time immortal. You know, it's if you go back to uh, Tennessee right after Jim Crow or right after the Civil War with uh, the passage of Jim Crow, they had that stupid law of the Army and Navy revolver. Basically, it was nope, you could only own handguns that were made out of steel not brass because brass was cheaper if you look behind me let me go blow this up oh look at what those are <laughs> yeah it's it's been a constant thing of them wanting to change i see uh swamp dog armor he says that uh that's going to eliminate the p320 fire control unit advantage because then it'll be the slide and not the fcus that's serialized um, you know, I, I'm not ATF myself, so I can't give that answer, but f- just from understanding it, yeah, they very well could be doing that. Yeah. Well here, so the, the thing is what they're thinking is that more people have the tools to complete a unfinished frame and you can actually 3d print an unfinished frame. You can't 3d print a slide. Wasn't there a company that did 3D metal printing of an entire 1911 from start to finish? There, Yeah, there still is, but those aren't the $200 printers you can get off Amazon. Okay. They're, they're thousands of dollars. Okay. Also, you can't... Uh, so, like, most people can't mill out a slide. So that basically limits the 3D world... And that eliminates the um, the non three D world, the P eighty world. Well, I can tell you this: no matter what, you know, GOA is going to fight this. Uh, we are going to fight this. I already passed over all the information to GOA. <laughs> yeah, of course, G- of course, we're going to be on the forefront of fighting this. Yeah, because making a firearm is just as American as owning a firearm. The idea of of any honest American creating and making their own firearm is ludicrous that they can't do that. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, <laughs> that's me trying to get other GOA people in here. <laughs> yeah, I know. My phone's blowing up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that that's crappy news, man. That, but that's expected. Hey. I, I had a, I had a feeling that ATF at some point was going to look at the European standards. Cause I know California has been toying, with that well, legislation this is, for the last couple of years. This is where it came from, is California. Yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, sorry, 3D, a Swamp Dog Armory is, uh, he, he makes he makes awesome guns. He made this Mandalorian gun uh, to auction off for my niece. Freaking incredible. But uh, Swamp Dog Armory, is a, Cody is a cool guy. We're sponsoring his team at the Build Shoot down in Florida. Yeah, down in St. Augustine. Yeah, uh, Black Swan Media is spon- is one of the sponsors for his team. Yep, that's in uh, June, if I remember right. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Cody, let us know. 
Um, all, you guys are only three hours from me, so that match. All right. Might have to swing by. Do it, man. Do it. Okay. Well, here's another thing. It's going to affect AR-15s. And one of the reasons why they want to do this is, uh, like, for example, this dude in L.A., right, got busted. Oh, I, 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 know, I know specifically of the case you're talking about where the uh, – during the court proceedings, they were able to determine that a standard AR-15 lower doesn't meet ATF's definition of a firearm. But ATF didn't want the case to proceed any further, so they squashed it without um, appealing it to a higher circuit. Yeah. They did. They did. Because they don't want to they, they don't want to do it, so that will also change that so the uppers would be... Um, the uppers would be also um, serialized. Now, looking at some firearm designs, for instance, like with the FNFAL and the FN SCAR, it's the upper that's the serialized component, not the lower. Yeah, I actually brought that up in my article. Not only that, uh, Safety Harbor Firearms, which is down in Florida, yep, they made right, right, a right out of right out of the Tampa Bay St. Pete area. Yeah, they made a magazine fed uh, fifty. Upper. Yeah, I've seen I've seen their upper. Yeah, it's side fed. It's got a a, a side feeding magazine. Yeah, that that has the ATF made them serialize that. Even though they're, even though technically it's not a lower. Correct. Uses so you have to have two serialized components to then make it into a functioning firearm. All right, guys, we we're gonna have a special guest here in one second. Here, oh, give me one second. Let me just get this uh, link over to him. Uh, okay, you guys might know this dude. Um, let me just get this link. Hold on. Uh, you guys know Cody Wilson? Everyone out there know Cody Wilson, right? Let me get fucking... Of course, I know. Uh, let me get him on here. One second. Invite guest. All right. My phone's blowing up, by the way. <laughs> I dropped my article. So it blows up. I'm the YouTube whisperer. It, it's funny. Uh, um, CRS was doing a show last night and he was like, uh, and he was like, he's like, I came in and was like, Hey, what's up? He's like, Hey, that's John. That's John. If you don't guys don't know, if you ever see any two way news on, uh, on YouTube, it's basically all him. <laughs> basically. <everyone else> him. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <sighs> so yeah, you know, Going back to the subject at hand, yeah. It's while this is new news to me, it's not shocking news. I figured AT I figured on the federal side they would be going after this doing the European standard at some point because they they look at Europe as their as as their example of what they want to be. You know. May issue, everything is by government edict. You can't get you have to get permission from some unelected bureaucrat to exercise an inalienable right that's severely restricted. It can be taken away at the whim. 
of, of this bureaucrat, you know, it's, uh, this isn't shocking to me, sadly. Yeah. And uh, there's Mr. Wilson. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, how you doing? Uh, this is Luis. He's another, he's one of my coworkers at uh, Gun Owners of America, man. So, yeah, I, I wanted to fill you in a couple of different things. All right. I talked to like four people behind the scenes. They have the regulated. I think today was just the dog and pony show. Yeah, they admitted, Brady admitted in the press yesterday that ATF had already shared a, a draft uh, rule with them. Yeah. And I just spoke with uh, someone off the record as well who attended the meeting. They, they said that ATF kept it so tight to the, the predetermined questions that it's clear they already know what they want to do. Yeah, so we're going to have to gear up for a fight, man. You guys, re- I know you're ready to fight, Cody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I hope GOA is ready. At, at least this one's so easy. I, the, apparently the whole industry was like, yeah, you guys don't need to do anything. Why don't you define the problem? Yeah, well. They, they, they weren't willing to, you know. Uh, GOA is already spinning up stuff, put it that way. Yeah. Behind I'm the scenes, afraid, I know. Do you guys expect, I mean, this is going to be one of those uh, notice and comment rulemaking issues right we're gonna have to go wait through like 16 90 days of of them drafting the rule and us issuing comments that kind of stuff Uh, have you talked about that uh that's what we think but there's no way to know for sure until it actually happens they atf could do things specific they they have so much latitude under regulatory authority especially under the administrative procedures act of 1946 that they could basically do whatever the hell they want well doesn't the uh doesn't the APA require them to, you know, go through a basic notice and comment period if they're going to change a rule? They're required to, but if you want to think about anything involving government, the government's also required to protect our rights. How good are they doing at that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I would expect, you know, just like the way they held a phone call today to pretend, you know, that this was legitimate and invited the interest of industry, that they'll probably, whatever they issue in the draft rule, They'll solicit for comment from the industry as well. Yeah, I I, I also have on on good authority that they worked this out months ago, but they didn't want to put it in because they didn't have the political capital under Trump. So this was done prior to the current administration. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I I verify that with four different people. So would this have happened under? So this happened under the direction of AG Barr. Uh, no, I think it was the ATF uh, going rogue. Okay. Because if, rem- if I remember, the acting director under Trump's administration was put there by Attorney General Barr because Trump's own choice, um, Chuck Canterbury, the, uh, the former head of the Fraternal Order of Police, was so anti-gun that even Mitch McConnell wouldn't uh, seat him. Yeah. Uh, it's Regina Lombardo. Yep. It's yep. a Regina. It's it's the same acting director, same Martin Richardson, same assistant director. So yeah, apparently they've had this plan for like months, man. Like before, like uh, longer than anyone would think, and they just didn't roll it out. This is consistent with their actions against Palm Radio and you know the Buy Build Shoot Kits, and they've obviously they you know they went after Diversified Machine and they've gone after the SwiftLink guy, and I mean they've they've had a laundry list of of things clearly. Under right. Trump, that just didn't feel they could do. You mean the auto key card? That's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Have you seen that they're raiding people's houses that bought the uh, portable wall hanger? I did just see that. I saw one of the ATF videos on CRS firearms or somewhere like that on YouTube. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, you know, I think some, it's time for some practicalities. I've, I've been speaking to machinists and engineers after the call and John, after what you confirmed and what some others confirmed, you know, I, I, I guess they want to put serial numbers on as many things as possible, but yeah. probably industry realities will mean that they only end up choosing maybe one new thing. It, yeah. it pisses me off that they're actually raiding people's homes. And I say this as a guy that was a cop for 15 years, you know, when I took that oath, I never would have in my career do, do such a thing. It's appalling. Uh, we're going to have to get used to a little bit more of it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, we got we to have the gear up for a fight. I know uh, Defense Distributed on um, Ghost Gunner, if we've done stuff, GOA, you guys have done stuff in the past with, like, releasing letters and stuff. So we're probably going to have to team up again with you guys, JSC, Polymerity, whoever wants to jump on uh, oh man i'm i'm down for the fight any day but john i, I have some, spe- some specific questions if i can hijack the segment i guess absolutely you know um from what you've heard from your sources uh, i mean i heard what i heard but it sounded like they they didn't quite know at least in the call what tr- track they wanted to take and what parts they wanted serial numbers on do you, do you think they've actually chosen what parts uh, I, th- I think they want to put it on as many as possible. Um, I I know the slide is is like the big one that definitely they're looking at, but I think they're going to be trying to put it on others as well. Okay, and that'll include the barrel, I suppose. They want to. I'm I'm not sure if that's going to fly or not, but I know they want to. They want to put it on as many parts as one, but the slide is definitely the one. Okay. But, you know, they're they're limited by the GCA definition of a firearm. Part B says the frame or receiver of such a weapon. So they would have to include in the definition of frame or receiver as many parts as can be considered frames or receivers. That's that's my understanding. Yeah. Which they're going to consider uh, the slide a receiver. A receiver, yeah. So it's going to be about, can you put a barrel in it? Is it threaded? It's going to be stuff like that is what I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, it I, definitely is. Definitely is. I released an article that talked a little bit about that. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm wheels are turning here, right? It's like, well, all right, is it just slides? Or is it, you know, it's uppers on ARs, I guess? It's, it uh, is uppers on ARs, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then what else? What else would we be... What trigger parts kits? I mean, that those are just parts kits, right? Like those don't receive anything. No, I mean it. They're gonna. It, it's gonna be hard for them to push to that far. But I think they're gonna they're gonna try to get as much as possible, then settle for you know the slide and like the upper uh, AR upper. Basically, basically pressure bearing surfaces, anything that contains the explosion of a, of a firing cartridge. Yeah, you would think you would think that would include bolts. Then they would they would ask that we serialize bolts or something. I know they want to. Yeah, if if they're going to serialize barrels, if they're looking to copy what California's proposed legislatively, which they get their ideas from Europe, the European standard. If you look at Austria, a Glock frame isn't serialized, which serializes the slide in the barrel because that's that is the the high stress components that contain right what goes on. So. Then do you, you think? I, I my guess is if they were going to look at a at a bolt action rifle, for example, they would probably serialize the barrel 
like for a Remington 700, you know, it's a tubular design. They would probably yeah. serialize, of course, the receiver, but probably the bolt and the barrel because those are all pressure-bearing surfaces. Well, let's admit that, sure, that's what they'd want to do, but they're limited by this definition frame of yeah. receiver. Yeah. So I, do we think they're, they're going to try to call barrels receivers? They're going to try to push it as far as they want. I don't think that they're going to get that, honestly, because I think there's going to be too much pushback. That's, you know, that's like redefining a piece of plastic as a, oh, wait, they already did that with a bump stock. No, but, <laughs> no, but that's like totally redefining it. So I don't know if they're going to get away with that. I mean, they defined a shoelace as a machine gun, so anything's possible with these people. Yeah. They're gonna try, but I don't think they're gonna get it a lot through. I think they're gonna get uh, they're gonna they're gonna settle for like a frame and like a okay. upper. Well, the legal attack then would be obviously we all have to oppose whatever the the rule is and issue good comments, but then we'd have to bring I guess a arbitrary and capricious challenge under the APA or any other type of APA challenges we could get. Correct. And then it depends on what level of deference a court would give the ATF and being able to make and remake these definitions. Uh, maybe the bump stock case recently is, is a good indicator of potential success or maybe uh, it, it, it depends on, it depends on the circuit. Like if they do pass this uh, and it does go and it does go into effect, we're going to try to stop it before it gets that far. But if it does, I'm sure we would go to the sixth because they've already, you know, they already said that, you know, you can't use Chevron deference and stuff like that. Okay, so it's a Sixth Circuit thing, you think? That's what, is that... Yeah, I wouldn't go to the D.C. Circuit Court or, like, yeah. the Fourth or anything like that. I think the Sixth... Uh, I'm, I don't know anything behind the scenes. I just want to say that. But if I was thinking what I would do, I would go for the Sixth because they already have, you know, a case on the record where they said you can't apply Chevron deference to, like, a bump stock. So I don't see how they can do it to a whole, you know... A whole um, firearm. I mean, my my company's in Texas, so we would probably sue out here in the fifth. You know. Yeah, but but what you could do is you can join a case that's in the sixth, and if they do get an injunction, it might actually go to you guys because you're a plaintiff. I see. There, there's multiple ways to to make sausage out of this legal mumbo jumbo with the judicial circuits. Uh, we're going to have to get with our lawyers and I will get you included in those calls, Cody. Sure. Thank you. Hey, so what else is actionable about this? You were, you were talking about stopping it before it had to get as far as district court, or did you mean you'd stop it in the district court and before it got to the appellate level? Oh no. What I'm talking about is pinning a lot of pressure on, uh, like the con, like if they do do go through the registry, the national registry register, you know, comments and stuff like that um because it did work it did back them off uh pistol braces oh yeah so did they propose a new rule on pistol braces and then everybody like lost their minds is that uh, what happened yes okay so yeah let's let's just do that so we <laughs> yeah so we're gonna have to do that we're gonna try i mean if it if it fails you know there, there's no right now there where we know what they what they've done behind the scenes but there's nothing public yet it's weird that they would admit that they've done so much work with like brady you know and uh and giffords and stuff I, do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah 
it's it's not weird. Well, Lawmakers and politicians do it all well, the time. He's, she's talking about the actual ATF. The ATF. Oh I, uh, oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying. It's, it's it's just strange that they've admitted, like, ATF's on the record basically saying, like, yeah, we've given, you know, we've given them a look at our notes here and there. You know, we've passed. Uh, it, it feels to me like there's actually room for some discovery and a claim there that, like, uh, you know, third parties were improperly involved in the decision making. Well, we well uh, just to let you know, I've already got FOIA requests out there. Oh yeah, well sure. I'll, I'll talk to you about them in four years, right? No, no. We actually, I actually have a couple good lawyers who uh, have good success. Yeah. Um, okay. Rob Olson and Stephen Stamboli are like experts at it, uh, and um, Stamboli uh, has already submitted the request for me, like. Like a couple weeks ago, if we have to, we will sue them to get the request honored. Oh, I'm sure you'll have to. Uh, so this would be request specifically about how they were making the sausage. Yeah. On this rule. Yeah. Okay, and they're going to be like, "Oh man, we don't have anything." <laughs> yeah. Well, what they'll do is they'll try to claim, "Oh, this is such and such exempt because such and such," and and Rob and Steve and. Steven, um, they're like bulldogs on this stuff. I mean, okay, they, they cool. like live, they, they've sued the ATF so many times that now uh, they usually know them to have to sue. They're like, okay, we're going to sue you. And they're like, all right, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. So let's say we find out something, you know, I don't know. What, what, what would we want to find out from that FOIA that would help us? We'll look for any improprietary, improprietary, that improprieties um that were taken uh like inter- just to see how it worked how much these groups had sway over it um look for anything that we can you're making me think i gotta call my apa lawyer yeah that's what i need to do you, you guys have any questions for me or should i just uh scoot on out of here uh, you can it's up to you um I, I I do have questions for you, but I don't think they're questions that, are, that we should be asking in like an open form. I have I have, a, I have a question for you. Sure. So you are help sponsoring the shooting event in St. Augustine, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I live in Tallahassee, so tell me about it. So you know, we, we I know there's listeners here and viewers that are live in Florida that might not know about this. Uh, well, I mean, it's basically it's. Rob and the and the are we cool yet? You know, kind of culturally melding together. And are we cool yet? Is a is a different group of kids making three D printed guns and like versions of the Scorpion Evo. And you know, they, they've got a lot of swagger and they're a little bit different from some of the other three D printed gun communities. So I think the emphasis of this event uh, is more about like actually establishing you know competition standards. You could say um, that's. That's my understanding. Uh, now it builds itself as a first such shooting competition for DIY guns. That's not quite the case. There's, uh, you know, a, a bunch of other people like doing something similar. But I like that, you know, with Rob's involvement, at least there's this. Uh, oh, I don't know. You could. What, what would you call it? IPSC? I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it the right way because I'm not into competitive shooting. But, you know, to call it the gunmakers match, I think that's good branding. Uh, you got the right people involved in the, in the sponsoring. Um, and you know, I think, I think it would create basically, it's, it's the right thing to do for a young culture like this so that like people can, well, there, there's a, there, there's, 
the, um, I can't remember the word right now. I think in Spanish, not English. So it's hard to translate some things in, wow. into English. But um, it's a burgeoning market. It's it's this new frontier for firearms owners where they can especially manufacture a lot of components at home. And yeah, any way to promote it is a fantastic thing because the only way things die as a society and culturally is if it's not experienced by multiple generations of people. So the idea is to get this entrenched as quickly as possible within the firearms owning community so future generations can still do what we're doing right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm for something like this. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Of course, I'm I'm concerned that the subtext of the today's events, right? It's yeah. specifically about preventing and interrupting this very type of cultural shift. Um, in fact, that was one of the words said, I think, on the call. They were like, well, the technology's changed. And the industry was trying to say, like, well, how? You know, how has it changed? And what ATF probably meant to say was the culture's changed. People are actually making guns now. <laughs> we have to stop them from doing it. My, my response to ATF as... I don't, I don't do 3D printing. I'm not computerly gifted. I'm the type of guy that, you know, the most I do is I buy an AR lower and assemble it. But I can tell you this. If I was in that conversation, I probably would have been kicked out because I would have just told ATF, like, hey, the culture and technology changed from 1776 to today when it comes to the First Amendment. Tough luck. Uh, I feel the same way. I really do. Um, and I, I know that that's true. Right. Like a receiver was a receiver for the last whatever, 50 years. It didn't seem to bother too many people, but they want this you know, pretextual way to, to interrupt what's what's a very exciting and, and politically relevant movement. So uh, we got to do our best to uh, even if they get what they think they want legally, we, we should come up with invention and engineering uh, that simply, you know, cuts through it. Yeah. Well, Co- Cody doesn't like to disrupt anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, the first call I was having today was with slide manufacturers. And I was like, well, what do we think an 80% slide looks like, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I told Cody what was going on, and he goes, I got to call some engineers about slides. <laughs> <laughs> like, jumping on right away, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, yeah, you got to get that thing got to get that thing going. Cody, I have a crazy idea that I'd love to pick your brain on at another time involving black powder and suppressors, but... That, that's that's a whole different story. But anyways. Uh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, tick, yeah, send me an email, man. Um, I appreciate yeah, you guys yeah. having me on. And, no, I know. Uh, anytime, man. You're welcome anytime. You know, uh, we've been cool for uh, a few years. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. I met you like four years ago, I think. So, <laughs> so it's been a while, hey, man. It feels like, feels like a, an age ago, man. And every know, single man. day is kind of a year happening right now. But. Yeah. Um, All right. Guys, hit me up if things change. You know, let me know what I can do. All right. Thank you, Cody. You have a good day. Bye now. Bye. All right. That was uh, Cody Wilson, the inventor of the 3D gun, (laughs) the Liberator. Yep. Yep. I remember when that hit the market. Oh, my God. That's the the internet was was taken by storm, and it was, oh, my God, it's really the Glock 7. It's the porcelain gun that could go through airports. And even then, I was looking at it going, like, it's not porcelain, you idiots. Vice Vice called him the most dangerous man in America. I consider it more like one of the more liberating men in America. I know, but I'm just talking about yeah. Vice, man. Oh, I know, I know. Vice is, but it's Vice. They they they've gone off the wagon, or they fell off the wagon a long time ago. They're. I remember when they used to do exciting documentaries of going behind the scenes of North Korea and and, 
and showing what a true yeah. despotic regime was. And now they're in America promoting despotism. So yeah, Vice used to be. I used to love Vice. Yep. I mean, I still like some of the people. Like uh, they did something on uh, on three uh, percent uh, uh, United Patriots, mm. and it wasn't negative, mm. which was crazy. And, you know, and they had this after action report where, they, you know, they were asking the reporter that hung out, you know, uh, and she was very, very fair. Uh, and they were like, so are these people crazy? She's like, no, they're not crazy. And they were like, are, are they racist? And she goes and she goes, there were so many people of different races that were members that that it, it, it amazes and shocked me, you know. So she actually was like, came out with it. It was like, you know, these people aren't crazy. You know, they're not trying to overthrow the government. They're not a bunch of white, white racist. Well, good, good. I'm glad at least there's still a little tiny hint of. Well, that was like four years ago, so I might have changed. Oh, oh, <laughs> you, you. I left that oh, out until oh, the oh, end just I, to give you hope. Any, to... any hope that I had, I was like, oh, so there's actually still a little bit of of journalistic integrity. No, no, you had to deflate that that feeling of hope. Thanks, thanks, John. I wanted to give you hope in this, like rip it away. Oh, oh, you mean like the Republican Party does most of the time? Oh yeah, man. I don't know what the hell's up with the Republican Party. Right, so, we spent like 40 minutes talking about the bad news. Let's talk about the good news. But yeah, let's get to the good news. Okay. So the fantastic news, of course, that you know, I, I figure most of your listeners know, but for those that don't, is the Sixth Circuit up in Michigan, they ruled that ATF was basically completely crazy in their entire redefining of a bump stock as a machine gun. And of course, a bump stock isn't a machine gun. So that was fantastic news. That was actually something positive. It was, it was like a mini Christmas. It felt, it felt wonderful. Oh my God! Did it ever, man? Did it ever? I mean, it felt insanely wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I remember in 2018 I was writing for Truth About Guns, and I, I specifically mentioned the constitutional risk that Trump was taking with the bump stock ban, and I went over the entire process of all the issues that it was raising, that it was causing and opening Pandora's box, how he was sidestepping Congress, how he was having a, an unelected bureaucracy reinterpret a, a well-established law to mean something completely different, um, how it could give future administrations a way to go after our firearm rights. And, you know, I remember then, up until yesterday, people were saying, oh, well, you know, it's it's just bump stock. It's just silly range toys. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's just plastic. It's just plastic. I remember one guy specifically told me, I could shoot things from a thousand yards away. It doesn't matter what a bump stock is. Oh. It's, it's, just, it's just a toy. And I was like, you know. It's, it's right not now, about it being a toy. Yeah. It, I mean, I, look, I had a bump stock. It was a range toy for me, but. Anything that I have, whether I own it because it puts a smile on my face, I own it for self-defense, or I own it for collectability, whatever the hell. As an American, I should have the right to own it. It's that simple. Yeah, man. 
It is that simple. The, one of the things that I think we, the gun-owning community, need to stop doing is trying to justify our ownership of firearms. I see so many people say, well, I own this because of self-defense, or I own this because it's my truck gun, or I own this because it's my my get-home gun, or it's my store gun, or it's my hunting gun. You know what? I own stuff because I want to. I don't justify owning a big screen TV. I don't justify owning a microwave. I shouldn't justify owning a firearm or any accessory I want for it. If I want to own a bump stock, if I want to own a purple suppressor that's bedazzled with my little pony, you know what? should be able to have one. I don't care. No, I don't have a suppressor that's bedazzled with my little pony stuff, but... I, 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 I have a unicorn, a pink unicorn AR. My daughter might get a suppressor that's bedazzled with my little pony. No. She's still a little too young right now. But, you know. I, I got a pink unicorn AR, and people are like, why do you have a pink unicorn gun? I'm like... Because, you know, they always talk about how scary, how these black guns are scary. So I, I was like, I made it un, a little bit unscarier. Well, my wife's guns AR. My wife's AR is purple, so she likes purple. Yeah. Color royalty. But anyways, you know, it was it was fantastic news. It, 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 it literally made my day yesterday when the news broke. Yeah. Um. I went when the news broke. I was all like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." That, I mean, I, I was, I was ecstatic. We were on the call. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we were we, on we were a call, and it was like, "Oh, yeah. time over." Yeah, yeah. It, it for folks that don't know, we were having our our uh, staff meeting when the news broke and we just literally was like, Nope, we, we got more important stuff to do now. It's, this is breaking news. This is fantastic. And we immediately jumped to that. So it was, it was great news. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was. It definitely was. I'm just have, I just have calls and emails coming in like constantly, man. I had to, I had to mute my phone. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that, the court basically said word means what laws say and they mean using the ordinary the ordinary definition not the crap that atf makes up on the fly yeah so it, it was it was great news and, but it's just an example that we can't fight because i heard so many people constantly tell me oh it's a it's a done deal it's never going to be overturned you're never going to be able to even get a, a, a single victory in any judicial circuit. The entire system is rigged. It's it's You're not going to win on this. And my answer to that was no. If you fight hard enough, you can win. Honestly, I thought we were going to win. Like like when, when they were preventing arguments, when Rob was preventing his arguments, the judge was like, all right, well, yeah, we get all that. Then when the state came up there, some of the questions they got was brutal. So I was like, they're in trouble. Oh, It took listen, two years for them to be in trouble, but I knew they were in trouble. Oh, listening to the oral arguments, you know, sitting through court procedures long enough as, as a cop, I was able to see the, the mindset of the judges. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be a hard one for the government. But even like, with that, you know, there's so many 
people on the street, they a lot of people lose faith in challenging this. They think the government is all powerful when they actually aren't. Power rests with the people, not with some unelected bureaucrat. Yeah. Um, oh, that that is, I mean that is definitely true, man. We we will see we'll see how this ends up, but um, I don't think they're going to get a mock. If they get an unbank, I don't think they are. I mean, but it, but if they do and they rule against GOA in this, you know, of course, that we're going to appeal it, and you know that ATF would probably be trembling in their boots because any time something goes unfavorably for them, they don't want it appealed. They don't want it to go to the next level. They did that in LA with the uh, the AR lowers being defined as not being a firearm. Um, I know there was a case a while back, uh, I believe it was out of Illinois, something to do with machine guns, and uh, I think it was Rock River or Rock Island. I can't remember. You might remember. Oh, uh, machine guns? Yeah. Um, I think it was Rock like River. It. Yeah, all I remember, it had something to do with machine guns in Rock River. Let's see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rock River. But from that, I remember that was ruled favorably for us, and um, they were terrified of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people out there are saying it was Rock River. Yeah. Yeah, so, of course, they didn't appeal it. It didn't go any higher. Um, So there's been multiple issues like that. Yeah, I mean, there there has been, so hopefully... uh... It was Rock Island. It was the National Firearms Act versus in U.S. v. Rock Island Armory. Oh, yeah, 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 Rock Island. I like Rock Island stuff. Where the the U.S. District Court of the Central District of Illinois dismissed the charges because the NFA section upon which they were based were without any constitutional basis. The judge noted that the Supreme Court had previously ruled that the NFA registration requirement was constitutionally was constitutional only because it was enacted for the purpose of facilitating the collection of tax revenue. Thus, the judge concluded because the Hughes Amendment had been interpreted as prohibiting the possession of fully automatic firearms manufactured after May 19th of 1986, the NFA registration requirement no longer served its tax collection purposes. Purpose. The judge said that once Congress had no enumerated power to require registration of firearms, the constitutional basis for the NFA registration provision no longer existed. Yeah, and ATF immediately dropped the case because they knew if it went any higher that the entire legal basis behind NFA could be at risk. And so, I, I I, think that's why um, if they don't get on bonk, I don't see the government appealing. No, the, I, I don't see the government appealing either if they don't get Don Bonk for this for a similar reason. Now, and I, now, here, now, here's a question for you. Let's say they don't appeal and they get on Bonk. You're going to have like these four states out of the country where bump stocks magically, once it crosses the border, are no longer machine guns; they're just pieces of plastic. Or the district court 
can issue the injunction not only for the four states, but all GOA members and all VCDL members. That would be fantastic. I'm curious how many people would suddenly go um, dumpster diving and snorkeling and suddenly finding all these unearthed bump stocks. Yeah. That is definitely something that's weird. But but uh, for some reason, G-Webs is saying he keeps on getting ads. Anyone else out there keep on getting ads during the feed? All right. <laughs> Fourth grip. Maybe they're trying to tell you something. I don't know, man. Whatever Google does, Google does, man. It, it's your show, not mine. So all the ads. No, stuff is- hold on, hold on. Not, not SAF. It was GOA. GOA. America. Filed this case, not SAF. I don't know why SAF keeps on getting credit for this case. They had nothing to do with it. This is all gun owners of America that did this case. It wasn't SAF. Uh, yeah, well, there was one other, other pro-gun group on there. Um, there was. VCDL, uh, VCDL Virginia yes. Citizens Defense League, which is a great, great organization. Fia Wolf is actually from GOF. He gave the GOF. Gun okay. Owner Foundation, which is part which is the GOA. Yeah, it's, it's our 501c3 nonprofit. Yeah. Which, that I believe that counts as a tax. Uh, that right does off. count as a tax write-off. So give the GOF if you want to tax right off. Via Wolf is actually a, like a big wig in VCDL. Um, for Via Wolf, you might want to know, I am going to interview the founder of VCDL tomorrow on Virginia Reloaded live at 10 p.m. everywhere. It goes out to 10 different locations. Nice. So I think that's going to be very, very good. I think a lot of people are going to like it. I'm going to ask, I'm going to find out like why they decided to form VCDL. You know, like what, what did that take? And VCDL is really a big powerhouse right now. There are, no, not Phil Laval. I could give Paul Moog, (laughs) Paul Moog. Val was the first president of VCDL. I don't know if you knew that. Val was one of the founding members of VCDO. Good for Val. Uh, and Phil was too, but Paul Mo Or in, in VCDL, yeah. That's what I meant, in VCDL. Paul Moog. Yep. But yeah, it's going to be a, definitely an interesting, interesting uh, interview. We can find out a lot about them and a lot about what they have done. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. So... Do you think the ATF hates me because I keep on dropping their secret files? Maybe. I mean, my, my last my last uh, NFA item took 17 months. Yeah, but ATF takes just forever. I mean, I've never gotten an NFA stamp, a Form 1 or a Form 4, with under 12 months, so who knows? Oh, by the way... Uh, Aiden Aiden Johnston was on the uh, Sebastian Gorka show. 
Sebastian Gorka. God, I haven't heard that name since um, Soldier of Fortune. Um, he's uh, pretty damn big. I know, but I'm just saying I haven't thought of him. And I remember when he used to write for Soldier of Fortune back in the day. Don't go watch it now, but because he's already off. But watch it late, a little bit later on. Um, he's a pretty good guy. Yep. Oh yeah, he is. But so we've got good news and bad news. The good news is the bump stock case. The bad news is. ATF wanting to go European, which, you know, um, anything else today that your viewers should know about? Uh, a couple different things here. Then I'm, I'm going to go eat some pizza, play some tonight's board game night. So. Oh. Nah, today's running. So Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have – I know the FFL department is – extremely backed up man extremely i don't have any contact for that i do have some documentation on the uh, on the ffl division which i'll be writing a story about when i get some bandwidth because it's a big story but i'm the only one that has the documentation so i can hold it and write about the other stuff i need to beat other people to yep. uh yeah uh biden biden the biden thing's kind of weird uh we'll talk about that another time where his wife threw a gun and a trash can behind a supermarket. Well, you know, when you're filthy, stinking rich, that disposing of firearms legally is for the little people. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, it's, it's you know, his entire legal defense was grab a shotgun and shoot it through a door without knowing who's on the other side of the door frame. That was his dad. Hunter. Oh, Hunter. I thought you meant Joe. No, Hunter is the... Uh, That's right. Yes, yes. If I remember, Hunter was um, a point was direct commissioned into the Navy and then summarily kicked out for testing positive on cocaine. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, how about that? He bought a gun and... Uh, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. He bought a gun in 2018. Hmm. So... He, he was, was smoking crack around that time. He was smoking crack, and by that point, he might have had a dishonorable discharge from the Navy. For It was an administrative discharge. I looked into that in 2013. Uh, it was an administrative? Uh, it should have been a dishonorable. But it should have been dishonorable. I think someone pulled a little bit of strings. No. You don't think the son of the VP in 2013 couldn't have had some strings pulled? Pretty sure he did. But here's the thing. Um, I'm going to surmise because the dates of the pictures that when he bought, he was a prohibited person because and he lied on the on the uh, form. So that shows two different things. One, Nick's doesn't work because he was an unlawful user of drugs. And... He committed a felony by lying on the 4473. Nix has never worked. No, it's bad. That's why That's why at GOA, we are summarily against it. Nix has never worked. The state-level systems have never worked. I can tell you here in Florida, Florida doesn't use Nix. 
unless it's a very specific pawn shop type purchase, but your general FFL doesn't. They use the Florida Departments of Law Enforcement's Firearm Purchase Program, which runs an individual through FCIC and NCIC. And Nicholas Cruz, the guy that shot up Parkland, he passed with flying colors. Mind you, he had over 30 contacts with the Broward Sheriff's Office and the school board for threats of grave bodily harm against other individuals on school campus. He was expelled. Um, he, you know, there was multiple instances where he could have been listed as a prohibited person. And in the end, it was all swept under the rug. So didn't work then. doesn't work now. Yeah. Okay. I'm being told that uh, Jason King says uh, for pissing hot, you get a, a other than honorable discharge. All right, I'll believe you. Um, nothing to say anything against that. Uh, one other thing before I let you go, Luis. Luis, whatever you want to say. Luis, I'm going to call you Luis because I'm just so freaking used to that. I don't speak Spanish, though. My wife does. My wife speaks Spanish and uh, Italian and English. Italian is her first language, so Spanish is very close to Italian. Well, it's 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 all a romance language, so. Yeah, I'm I'm from the Germanic language tribe, big look, German and English. Look here, here's the thing: with you could say the sweetest things in German, and it still sounds horrible. You could say the most horrible things in Italian, and it still sounds nice. Yeah, here it is. This is how you say "I love you" in Italian. Diamo. You want you want to hear how you say "I love you" in German? Sure. Ich liebe dich. See, if, if I was to tell my wife I love her, it would be, Mi amor, yo amo con todo mi corazón. Not whatever the hell you gargled out of your back throat with phlegm. That that sounded like you were coughing up COVID. No, no. Hank has COVID. Well, that's what he gets for transmitting from a van now by the river. Yeah, he wants me to come on tonight to talk about my story. I don't know. Yeah, it's a board night, so I'm going to try for like 30 minutes. I was on the show last night, though. <laughs> but you're a busy man. I'd be on the show, but I'm just dealing with everything legislatively here in Florida. Right now, it's, we got 30 more days of session to go through, and we're still trying to get constitutional carry heard. Yeah, it's still, uh, being, it's still being blocked. Talk about constitutional carry. You were up late last night. I crashed out at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Did you last longer? We were watching uh, the we were watching the Florida constitutional carry debate and talking online with everyone. You mean, you mean the Texas debate? Uh, t- Texas, yeah, dude. I'm so tired. I was about to say, I wish we had a constitutional carry debate here in Florida because yeah. Yeah. right now the guy, the representative Bird, the committee chair, flat out told me up back on the 17th he's not even going to hear the bill. So what? A, it was like 14 hours of pro gun testimony with like three minutes yes. apiece. I have to. I have to give. Uh, Rachel and Felicia, tremendous credit. They organized, they organized all that crap. They organized they, 14 straight hours of testimony. Each te- each person like three minutes into 14 hours of it. That's what GOA is doing in Texas. GOA is going to have some major victories here. Yep. GOA but, is on the fight across all levels right now. Yeah. So join GOA and with that... Uh, I'm going to tell everyone where they can find me. I actually had you on the show, and it actually worked. (laughs) There we go. That's my GOA Virginia group. Uh, If you want a little discount on your GOA membership, 
you go to uh, gunowners.org slash black-swan-media. Follow me on Instagram at realjohncrump. Go to uh, Black Swan Tactical. Use code CRUMPY for 10% off. Hit that thumbs up. Uh, also, go to uh, check out Tuss. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. The audio-only podcast will be out later at podcast. I hit the wrong button. Podcast.crumpy.com. Go to crumpy.com for everything I need. And if you need a VPN, go to crumpy.com slash VPN to get a great deal on NordVPN. Send me those tips at at uh, bstips.protonmail or at or if you're on Telegram, you can always hit me up there. At, I don't have my Telegram thing at. It's like 2A tips. I don't know. Just hit me up on on freaking part time I'm so freaking tired. Alright. It was a pleasure being on again. Thanks for having me. Oh right, yeah the final word. Tell people where they can find you what they should do, whatever. So when right now, when is Florida reloaded gonna start? Anything like that. We're we're in the process of getting it all up off right now all the groundwork's being done. Um Florida does have our own website. Um I will give you the address real quick. It is at florida.gunowners.org. So there is a GOA-specific website for Florida. We are covering anything and everything Florida-related there. Um, you Eventually, you will be able to see us tracking our bills live. There will be our podcast information and more coming. Yeah, we, uh, we, have, we have a new system that we're going to roll out, uh, yeah. I don't know, fairly soon. So, I, folks, I, I wonder who did all the research for that. No, some guy, some some guy. I don't know. Yeah, the new system we also and it and it is freaking incredible, man. I don't I don't want to ruin it, but it's just, it's 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 a nice system. But in the end, folks, Florida is uh, going to be finally joining the digital age. We're, we're not going to just be stuck doing it this way, but we're we're advancing. All right, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Lu- Luis. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I have. Uh, Nicholas Wildstar on Monday who is the Republican candidate for governor of California I have uh, then Tuesday we have uh, 2A Sanctuaries who drives the 2A Sanctuary movement on Wednesday I don't know I'm taking my take Wednesday off but then Thursday we have Glenn Fleming from Drive Tanks and uh, the History Channel. So with that said, my name is John Crump. I'm the Virginia Director of Gun Owners of America. I am an investigative journalist working with AmmoLand.com, exposing the agencies that want to strip you of your rights and keeping an eye on the industry so they don't screw you over. Remember, stay ever vigilant, stay ever free, keeping the fight, and we are out.